Have you been thinking about starting a podcast but aren't sure where to start? I have to tell you about Anchor. It's a free creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but with literally one click, they distribute your podcast to platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more so you can reach more listeners. They make it so easy. It was a no-brainer for us. Try it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work because business is personal. And now, today's story. So today, I would like to share a story about an awesome employee. This awesome employee works for a company that recognized that they had some product quality issues. And so they needed to write some procedures. And so this awesome employee, whose job had nothing to do with writing procedures, saw this opportunity and decided on their own time, on weekends, on nights, times when they weren't being paid, to come up with some processes and procedures. And they engaged other team members to write these procedures and they brought it to management and management just said, that's amazing, that's incredible. So you might be thinking to yourself, that's a great employee. That's a highly engaged employee. That's the kind of employee I want. And people come to us all the time and they say, where do I find such an employee? And we always like to say, well, they probably already work for you. Now, the part that I left out of this story was talking about who this employee was. And I'm not going to name names, but I will tell you that this employee was actually 16 years old and worked for a restaurant. So this was a 16 year old high school student working at a restaurant who decided to lean in and write some procedures and processes for a company. So what makes people have this extra gear? How do people wake up and go from showing up and doing their J-O-B every day to really contributing more about themselves? How do we get people to really truly be engaged? Employee engagement is very much a buzzword. It's actually two words, but it's a buzzword, buzz phrase, buzz oh. phrase. Yeah. And so when we think of employee engagement, a lot of you, it's, it's easy to go, yeah, I know I want that, but what does it really mean? So in this episode today, we're going to talk a lot about employee engagement. How do you get it? How do you earn it? Why is it important? And what can you do to wake up the employees that you have and help them to be more engaged? That's awesome. So here we are. And I just want to, again, paint a picture. I like to paint pictures. I like the, the visuals, of what it is. Right now, I'm staring at a screen with Diana Royalty and Bethany Taff and Mr. Don Harkey, who you just heard stage the story for us. And we, as the people-centric team, love to be able to come together for these podcasts and talk about our experiences. These are things that, that we witness from different organizations, not just industry-specific. This whole idea or this concept of engagement, that buzzword, is almost like the word communication. We need to work on communication communication. Like we hear that a lot too. That's huge. We need more engaged employees. You can't just start a team that says more engaged employees meet over here in the corner, right? This is that that's not how that works. Like it's a, you breed the culture that influences this engagement within the employees. So my first question that I want to be able to pose to you all is what is it? We're talking about engagement. What is it? And we're, as we're talking about it, and I love this too, by the way, if you're listening, everybody's looking at me like, where are we going? Because they don't know what questions I'm about to ask. Like, this isn't that scripted. Uh, they don't know the questions that I'm about to ask. So what is engagement? Like, how would we define it? Um, what does it look like? And what does it feel like? 
I like thinking of employee engagement of the old hearts and minds idea. There's employees that show up and they do their job and they go home, but you really don't have all of them. I think of employee engagement, it's like another level. It's level up. It's like the employee cares about their job. They're so aligned in what they do uh, that they're, they're leveraging everything about themselves into the job. They're applying with it. They see themselves as unified as part of the team that they're working with. And they give you everything that they have there. You've won over their hearts and minds. They're not just going through the motions. They're doing it because they more than want to. It's even a level up from want to. It's a level of like, it's part of themselves. They see the team success and their success as synonymous as one thing. Yeah. So there's a, there's a desire within the employee there. Diana, what were you going to say? I love Don's answer. I'm going to grow on it. It was a good answer. Yeah. That was <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I always think of it similarly to Don, but it's that person that is actively looking for ways to improve the company and like going and doing it. Like they're, they're making things better every day just by being there, by supporting their coworkers, by supporting the goals of the organization. They're just making it better every day. Yeah. I think we are shattering dreams right now for a lot of people that are listening because some people might be going to their job, that J-O-B that they have, and they're putting the entire accountability and responsibility on the manager or the leadership to engage me. I need to be engaged, right? Like it's a, I'm just sitting here. I'm a diamond in the rough that is waiting to be engaged. But, but reality says Don and Diana, both of you both just kind of echoed the same thing. Like you described an employee that is proactively also trying to go and get not just sitting and wait to be engaged. Did I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Did I capture that? I think that's really well said. It's a mutual thing, right? It's both sides have to come together. It's a relationship between the employee and the company. We've had companies call us before and say, hey, could you train our employees to become engaged, please? You know, that doesn't work. And I get that's the perception. Uh, when you look at the two sides of that equation, if you look at companies and we talk to leaders, they're like, how can I get my employees to be engaged? When you look at employees, they start to say, how can I make my company more engaging? And it's yeah. the connection of those two things that creates the employee engagement. It's both sides have to move towards the center to make it work. You know, and I don't want to keep equating it to a big buzzword, like, but like communication is the same way. A lot of times people are frustrated because I'm not being communicated with, but you also have a responsibility in communication. Like, are you also relaying this or are you being receptive to what's being said uh, at the same time? So it's a two-way street. Engagement works, I think, the same way. Now, I do think that there are opportunities for organizations to be able to do some things specifically to create an environment that is engaging. But I have a question for you that I wanted to bounce off of you. Do you think tenure or time with a job has any correlation with engagement? Because I think we hire engaged people. We think we're hiring engaged people. Does tenure or time at a job impact the level of engagement that you're receiving? And if so, maybe how? Diana? I don't think it necessarily has to, but I think over the course and tenure of employment, people are in different phases of engagement or disengagement. I do think there are times in your career or in your job where you're like, yeah, I'm excited to come to work every day. I'm thrilled about this. I'm looking forward to these things. And then there are times where you go and you kind of just punch the clock. And I think it happens to everybody. And the longer you're with the company, the more that cycles through. But I don't think it has to be that way. And I don't think that it's necessary that it goes, there's no like path, right? I think it just ebbs and flows. So let's also paint this picture. We talk about engaged, disengaged, and we use this term toxic to define some employees as well too. But if we're saying as far as the workforce across the country, 33% of the workforce is categorized as engaged. Like I love it. I get the vision. I get the direction. I know my objectives. I know where I fit in. Like what 
piece of the puzzle am I? And how do I impact people? Like, I get it. Those are the engaged people that go home thinking about how to make it better. And then you have this disengaged population, which accounts for approximately 51% of the current workforce across the country. It does not matter where you live and it does not matter what type of job you have. 51% of the workforce is categorized as this disengaged population. When we say that, it is I get up and I go to work and I go home. Like, I'm not trying to be better. When I go home, when, when friends say, you know, I'm looking for a job, I don't even think to tell them to come work with me because to me, it's just a job. I can work here. I can work there. It doesn't matter. Uh, oh, and as long as you pay me to be here tomorrow, then I guess I'll show up tomorrow. That's the disengaged group. Now, a lot of people think that disengaged people, you know, that that number is too high for disengagement because there's so much work getting done. When reality is disengaged people do work also, but how might the work of a disengaged employee differ from the work of maybe an engaged employee? Or you can even say team. How might, how might the work of a disengaged team differ from work from an engaged team? I like to think of it as awake or not awake, because that's the yeah. language that we hear from a lot of managers who talk about this and witnesses. Let's say you're the type of manager who likes to lecture. Maybe you don't realize that you do this, but you lecture a lot in meetings. And I'm going to tell you a lot of different things. And then suddenly you decide to change that habit and you start to ask questions and nobody has an answer for it. Everybody just looks at you blankly and just goes, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that, what that looks like. That shows you that the lecturing has created a disengagement from employees. And then the employees aren't, it's like, they're not even awake. It's like, what can we do to fix that? And it's like, that wasn't even on my radar. And sometimes yeah. at times it takes a little bit of time for people to then re-engage and go, oh, you're, you're trying to engage me in these problems. Let me look at what this looks like. Um, I'll tell a quick story. Like we work with an organization. We were engaging with their frontline staff on opportunities to improve things. And they just weren't really having it at first. It, it, we were asking, what can we do to improve this? And we see this quite a bit. Like the initial meetings, sometimes they don't go great because people are not used to being able to give their feedback. What can we do to make it, make it better around here? And they come up with what we call taco truck projects or coffee projects or things like, well, if we had a taco truck, that would make work really better. You know, there's very few owners that are like, I wish my employees asked for more taco trucks, right? I'll yes. give them a taco truck. I'm not knocking taco trucks. They're great. But I was going to say a taco truck would make work better. That's yeah, awesome. And I, and I don't think Bethany's eating today. So let's talk more about really taco trucks. So please don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> when they talk about that stuff, a lot of the times it's because they're kind of waking up. Like they're not even engaged. Like I don't even know what success looks like in the company. I'm not even thinking about that. Yeah. That's like an outside thing. I'm focused on like, what time do I show up? What time do I get off? What work are you going to have me do? Is anybody yelling at me today? So I think of it as awake or not awake. I would add to that too. Like sometimes we get so caught up in the to-do things of the job that we forget why we're doing the to-do things of the job. And we get so, so caught up in operating in the what that we forget why it is that we're doing it. Yeah. We're putting out fires. And we talked, how many organizations do we talk to, by the way, that just say, nope, I've got all kinds of time on my hands. Uh, yep, I just, I, I don't even know what I'm supposed to fill my day doing with. Like, that's not reality. Everybody you talk to is like, I have 10 things that I have to do. And that my question is, what are the, how do you prioritize those? And it's like, how do you pick which one's on fire? And then they'll say all 10 things, they're all on fire. Okay, well, then the question is, how do I pick which one to put out first, right? And so being able to prioritize the day, like I don't have, I don't have time to visionary. I don't have time to strategically think about my job or this role. Like I just have to finish the tasks that are in front of me. But you do bring up a good point here too, Don, if I am that manager and let's talk about managing and managing this team, because if, if you are a manager listening going, yeah, dang, how do I get this, these engaged people? Like how do I hire better engaged people? Like here, let's let's shatter another dream because that's uh, that's what I like to do. Um, one of the most recent statistics talks about shattering or shattering dreams. <laughs> one of the most recent statistics that that we like to throw out there around disengagement is seventy percent of disengagement is caused by 
management, management or leadership. And what's great is I had the opportunity to do this training on the East Coast with a with a, with a client, and and one of the folks came up to me after it was over. And this is like, by the way, like slide four of a 60 slide presentation or something like that, that I was doing. And 70% of disengagement caused by management, slide four. Well, like an hour and a half later, he approached me and he shook my hand and said, listen, we're all just doing our best. And I didn't know what he meant by that. And then I remembered that 70% of disengagement caused by management. And he took that to heart which is good, but I think we read it the wrong way. I don't say that 70% of disengagement, if you're a manager listening, if you're a business owner listening, if you're a leader of a team, a supervisor, whatever that might be, uh, I don't say 70% of disengagement is caused by management. So you do better, figure it out, right? I don't say that, but what I do mean is that you have a tremendous amount of influence over the level of engagement that your employees feel. We did talk about the accountability that the employees have. They need to step up and be able to take it, take advantage of that, like make themselves available to want to be proactive there. Uh, but 70% of that disengagement is caused by, by managers. So my question is, if I'm the manager of a team listening to this podcast, what are some things that I can do to be able to help create an environment to engage my employees and help them become more engaged? I would say that listening is a huge factor in that. I think listen to your employees to find out what they want to do. And you might kind of discover something new about them, something that they want to jump into that they haven't before. Maybe you hold things too closely. Maybe you micromanage people and you're not even realizing it. But if you sometimes just asking the questions and listening to your employees, you might learn something about them that you didn't know or something that they're really good at that they can jump into and let them take on new projects and trust things to them that maybe you haven't before. Sometimes stretching people a little bit just helps improve that engagement. I'm glad that you followed it up with and then let them kind of take on some things. Cause I think a lot of people are like, yeah, I do ask the question. Nobody ever says anything. That's why I have to do everything. Right. Yeah. I ask the question. Nobody ever raises their hand. Uh, those types of things. I think it's a three-step process. I ask the question and then I listen for the response. And then I act upon some of the responses that maybe they give. If I'm asking the question, listening to the response, but I never take the action to do anything or follow through or let them follow through on any of their ideas, then I'm probably not providing the best ground to be able to create engaged employees. If I'm just not asking it, like Bethany said, if I'm just not asking, I don't need your opinion, um, then I'm probably not creating an engaged team that I'm working with there too. Uh, or if I ask, then I think I already know the answer. Let me just give you the answer and then ask you what you think. Like if you're missing any of those steps, uh, it's probably not a good engage. So asking, listening, and then acting, I think is that three-step process there. Diana. I think it's important for managers managers and leaders to make sure that everyone understands the goals. And once those people understand the goal yeah. and you can tell them, this is what we're trying to get to, they're going to figure out a way to get there. And I think that's key to engaging people, right? It's that why part. And it's that here's what, here's my problem. Help me with the solution. Here's what I want to get to. How can we get there together? Don often says that the first step in engaging people is engaging them, right? Yeah. Ask them, pose the problem and get them so a solution. Brilliant. You do say that a lot, don't you? So brilliant. I yeah. do say that. It is pretty good. 
You know, one of the things that I would add to that too, or, or maybe clarify, uh, not even clarify, I think you said it well, I think we have to give them directions, but a story that might go along with that. We see this a lot where we create what's called a core team within an organization. And a core team is this cross-functional mix, multi-level employees that come together from different departments and different areas to be able to generate ideas for improvement to help us just be better, whatever type of organization we're in. And I love it because you can tell that those engaged employees, first of all, are the ones that are raising their hands to volunteer to be a part of this, but then they, it doesn't take them very long if they don't have those objectives or that strategy. Diana, it doesn't take them very long to ask for it. They say, I want to think of something. I want to help us improve, but where are we going? What are, what are you hoping the end result is? You know, which direction should we be pointed? So, I mean, it just tells us that there's a desire already there among your team to also improve and, and just, you know, think of areas of opportunity there, whether it's process improvement or whatever, but they also need to know what the end game is so I can help you along the way. And sometimes we as leaders don't do a great job of revealing the curtain to show the end game. It's really tricky because when we talk about becoming people centric, we think of it as these two different concepts. And we love as leaders, by the way, to ramp up both of these things. So some of you are going to write this down right now and say, I want to maximize this and I want to maximize this. And really, it's not going to be like that. And you'll hear why in just a second. But when we say people-centric, fundamentally, it's two things. It's one is that people feel empowered inside the organization, which for our definition of that, it's people are starting to recognize and then realize their own potential. So I see why the success in the company impacts me and why, what I can do for the company. It's that, that starting to realize their potential. And then the second thing that makes a company people-centric is the alignment. So the people are all working together towards a common goal, a common purpose at the end of the day. You can ramp up one of those two things too high at the expense of the other one. If I go to my team and I say, I'm going to be incredibly engaging to my team. Matt, what would you like to do today? Diana, what would you like to do today? Bethany, what would you like to do today? Probably no one would take out the trash because nobody wants to take out the trash inside the organization, right? There's things that maybe- There'd be a lot more taco trucks though. Yeah, we would have, I could we would. take it out. It's the trash can in our defense is very confusing. Uh, Diana always had to put the bag back in. I could never figure it out, but I, I will take the trash out. Matt's, Matt works with large clients all over the country, <laughs> helping them to do engagement, but he struggles with the trash very can. Very confusing trash can. Very confusing yeah. trash can. He's not maybe fully engaged in that process. Uh, but there's the stuff that we don't necessarily want to do. But if we open up an empowerment too much, then the individual people drive the ship. And they drive it in different directions and they're fighting with each other. And then the overall organization can't be as successful. At the same time, on the alignment side, if it's like it's all about the team and it's only about the team and we press that, then individual people can get lost, right? It's, it's just, you know, it's a company. It's not about you individually. We lose the opportunities to discover the individual gifts that people can bring to the overall, the overall goal. So it really is a balance. And it's a constant balance that top leaders have to really think about is how do I empower people? And empowering, not just what you give to them. That's the first definition of empowerment, by the way, which I don't like as much as like, I empower you. To me, empowering, if it's discovering your own potential, that's really your gift. And there's a second definition of empowerment that says your own journey towards discovering your own potential. That's the empowerment that we really talk about. Uh, I think it's helping people to do that while also saying, here's what we're trying to accomplish as a team. And if we're all together in that, then you get engagement. Those two things have to be together for engagement to occur. All right. So I, I, let me ask this question. What's the big deal? 
And the reason why I say big deal is because these people, there's, there's a lot, I know this is where everybody's like, I don't know. We're not prepared for that answer. Uh, we just tell people to do it and hopefully it happens. So what's, what's the big deal of engagement? And I think this is something that we do. You know, there's a reason it's a slide on one of the presentations that we give. Like, listen, everybody, if you do these things or if you have an engaged team, here's the impact that it potentially could have, not only on you, but on the organization. You know, so I think there's a lot of people too, and I'm just going to be transparent. You can, you know, raise your hand silently to yourself as you're listening to this. This might be you. You're listening to words like engagement. Like, why do I have to freaking engage people? Like, what is the big deal? I mean, you have a paycheck and you have a job that I gave you. Like, why can't you just be satisfied and go to work, right? Why do I have to then work to engage people? But there's an impact of engagement too. And things like sales and profitability. And, and this is a big one, customer metrics, customer uh, satisfaction, patient satisfaction, those types of things increase by engaging employees. So what's the correlation? How do things like safety incidences, attendance, turnover, sales, profitability, how do those things impact and improve simply by engaging your people? What's the correlation there? Matt, can I throw some stats out at you? Yeah. Gallup did a study on this and they study this every year as part of their state of the American workforce. That it's a big report that they put out every year. You can get it online. The last one came out right before the pandemic. And one of the things that they asked the question initially was exactly what you just asked is, is engagement impactful for a company or is it just a feel good kind of activity, right? Where you just pay people. Old school management philosophy, by the way, was to not engage people. It was to keep them disengaged because if you just show up to work every day and you don't even think about a bigger future for yourself, you're probably going to stick around for the rest of your life, which is what we kind of want you to do. That's smart. Uh, we should build that PowerPoint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> stick here. We're, we're your only option. <laughs> This is our company's, that's our onboarding processes. You're lucky to even find this, like good luck, right? You're at the top of the hill now. But but the this idea of what employees feeling engaged, does it have an impact? And Gallup studied it and they looked at, they can measure engagement. So you can go into a company and you can say, what percentage of our people are engaged, disengaged and toxic, which is something that we can help companies with as well. And it's interesting to measure that. We talked about the national average being 33% of employees are engaged what they did is they compared companies with, that have or the top quartile of engagement versus the bottom quartile of engagement. And they looked at their financials. And then so they could wash out all the other statistical differences. They could look at accounting companies that are in the top quartile versus accounting companies in the bottom. They could look at contractors. They could look at healthcare. They could look at all these across all these different industries and see if there's an impact on key performance indicators. And here's what they found is the impact of engagement. They found that companies on the higher level of engagement versus the lowest level of engagement they have 21% higher profitability, 20% better sales, 17% higher productivity, 10% improved customer metrics, 40% fewer quality incidents, 58% fewer patient safety incidents if you're in healthcare, 70% fewer employee safety incidents, 28% less shrinkage, 41% lower absenteeism, and 24 to 59% lower turnover inside those organizations. Yeah. So if I go to a company and I say, hey, I have an idea that's going to improve your profitability by 21%. I have an idea that's going to improve your productivity by 20%. You don't hear that very often, just as an organization. And the answer is that you don't have to go find something weird from the outside to bring into the company. You just have to find ways and systems to engage the employees that work for you. And by the way, the really cool thing about that is they're going to like their jobs better too. It's going to be more fun to work there for both management, employees, everybody across the board. 
what we see time and time again is there's a direct impact with how engaged the employee is versus how satisfied the customer or patient is, depending on what type of business that you're in, the customer, the client, the patient, things like that. Matt, you work with a healthcare team where that had a significant improvement in patient satisfaction scores without ever working on patient satisfaction scores. <laughs> right. Quite honestly, just to be as transparent as I can be, the, the charge was never, please improve our patient satisfaction scores. The charge was, listen, something's broken there and I don't even want to go there. Like, here's the keys to the wheel. Uh, please fix it. I don't even know what's wrong. Um, you know, and so we, we, we just dove in and started working on, you know, started to engage the employees there together. They had a new leadership team as well that we were able to engage at the same time and really start off on the right foot. And the ripple effect, I won't go into all the things, but the ripple effect is in a period of, of months, honestly, six months uh, or so of patient satisfaction scores did a 180. Uh, and that was never the, we never had a team called impact patient satisfaction scores. Um, so that was the ripple effect of what that, of what that looks like. Bethany. Yeah, we see this all the time. We talked about core team earlier, I think on here. And I feel like we see this all the time where when we start to ask people, what is it that you want to see happen? What are the areas that are not doing so well? And what are just things that can be improved upon? And when you just ask those questions, it's amazing what people come back with. And then, like you said, you know, not only is it increasing productivity because they're thinking through, okay, there's, a, there's this process is broken. I think we can do this better. I've had ideas for this, but I've never had an outlet for it. or I've never felt like I could, I was empowered to do it or something like that. And so it's just creating that space for people to kind of take it and run with it. So there's that, but then, you know, there, we've also seen projects where people are saving their organization, like lots of money, or they're making their organization lots of money, or they're improving on all of these different things. And so you see that those things, those physical things come back to the company. There's that return that's that's actually happening there. And that's just such a big win for employees to feel that and to see that they're contributing things like that. that they didn't even know that they could make an impact on before. They didn't feel like they had an opportunity for it or there just wasn't a space for it. And maybe there was, they just didn't know it. And so I think that's really cool to see the kind of engagement that comes from that whenever you see those wins happen and processes are improved. And some, I think sometimes there's kind of a chain reaction that happens of, okay, this person did this and that felt really good and they made that really big impact. And so now that that process might be impacting the other people on the team on this team or on that team in a really great way, or they might say they were able to make that change. I, now I can make that change too, if I want to. And so I think that's, what's really cool about just creating that space for people sometimes. And that chain reaction, Bethany has got a name. It's called leadership. And a lot of times we think of leadership as coming from management, but when you have engaged employees, the leadership comes from all around you. You walk into the company and you're just surrounded by people who are loving to be there and they're, they're focused on the company and they're focused on results and that kind of a healthy organization, it helps other people when they come in to become healthy and get engaged quickly and get excited about what they're doing and stay engaged. And it helps people who come in and decide to be toxic and negative to leave quicker because the employees don't want it. And it's like a healthy body expelling a cancer or something. It just that it be, you become healthier as an organization. It doesn't completely prevent you from getting a disease, but it makes you more likely and more quickly to recover. 
You know what, what's also interesting about those meetings too, how often do we work with organizations where the bosses are like, man, we don't have time for that meeting. Like nobody, they're not going to volunteer. That person's not going to volunteer. They have so many different things already going on. And they're the first person to raise their hand and volunteer and be a part of that meeting. And it blows their mind. And the reality is they, you're probably right. They don't want another meeting, but do they want to have an opportunity to go to a meeting, to be able to share their experience and actually, you know, project manage something where we're going to give them a blessing to, to you know, area of opportunity. Um, yeah. I mean, time and time again, we hear that they don't have time to do it. And then we have no shortage of people volunteering to be a part of those meetings. Uh, they, they don't want another meeting. They want the right meeting. Let me, let me ask this question, Don, I'm going to actually pose this straight to you too, because I think a lot of these things that we're talking about is we're talking about employees and how to engage employees and, and where maybe the impact of having an engaged employee, but let's talk about it from like an owner's perspective. What if I'm the owner and I am disengaged? What impact is that having? And then who in the world is supposed to engage me, by the way, if I'm the owner? Or is it just me that I'm supposed to make all the dreams happen for all the people, right? How does that happen? I love that question. And unfortunately, a lot of times that feeling when the owner feels that they're disengaged. So if you own a company or you're a manager, you're like, wow, I'm disengaged. Like, or, or, yeah. or I'm toxic. I really don't like the direction of our team. Yeah. I don't like the people I work with, all those things. Unfortunately, sometimes that's the moment that precedes the moment where you call us and say, you know, help us. I mean, that's, that's, that's a good move. Side note, that's a great move. And that's not yeah. why we're here. But I think that what, when you recognize that, I hope you recognize that something's really broken. And if you own the company, this is tough love. It is something you're doing wrong. If you're disengaged in the job and you don't like it, and you're like, boy, my employees are lazy. I can't get them to do what I want to do. We had a manager who was trying to engage their employees and they went and they asked a bunch of questions. The employees ended up just giving him a list of, he had like 65 things on like five sheets of paper that they wanted from him. And he yeah. just, he, he just slams it on the table. And like, this is ridiculous. Like they're all asking me this. I try to engage them and they ambush me with all this extra work. Now, if I do it, then I'm going to be busy doing all their jobs. Or if I don't do it, they're going to blame me. They're going to be even more disengaged. I get that frustration, but look, you have to start with yourself. I think if you're feeling pain as a manager and you don't feel like your employees are feeling that pain, I think you need to shift that pain towards your employees. Now that sounds really weird and <laughs> counterproductive. But All the employees listening now are like, what? Where what? are we going? You're what are we doing? You should you make us hurt more? I thought you were on our side when we started. Yeah. But I mean, we've talked to companies during the pandemic or just at other times that are saying, boy, we're struggling financially. We don't have the cash that we should have. We're not getting enough business. Our quality is dropping. Our customer service scores are dropping. Our health outcomes are not as good. Whatever those things are that you're sharing. And then and the really disengaged team where the owner is really frustrated. One of the things that we said is you go to the employees and you say, what are you guys seeing? What are you frustrated with? What pain do you see? And their pain is all has to do with like their work environment. None of it has to do with the company's success or anything. And a lot of it's because you as a manager like to protect your own people. I'm going to protect my people. I'm not going to bring them into the problems. I'm going to take the bullets here, right? And then you just found what happens if you are standing in front of a group of people taking bullets for them all the time is you start to resent them. You start to resent them. You need to turn it around and let them take some hits for you. Show what's struggling and say, what can you all do to help us with this? We're all tied together right now. What can we do to be more successful together? How can we be more successful as an organization? I think that's a good first early step if you're starting to feel that disengagement. I just want to add one more thing to is while that feels like a hopeless moment, one of the things that's really neat about what we do is a lot of the companies we work with, we've, we've all seen, I think all of us on this call have experienced many times where the manager comes to us and said, 
I was burnt out and now I'm re-energized because I recognize I have a different job. Beth and I were just with a top leader in a large organization recently who told us that this would be about the time where I would quit, like just in my history, in my career. Normally, this is about the time where I started getting burned out. She's like, and I was there when you guys came in here. But what I've recognized by watching my people really step up and finding out how I can engage my team and work them, that my job is not to lead processes, but it's to lead people. And once I found that, I found this whole new level of engagement, this whole new level of energy, this whole new understanding about what my job is. There's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not far away. It's not far away because the thing that you have going for you as a manager is that people are hardwired to be engaged. We as humans are hardwired to be engaged. We're not hardwired to be disengaged or toxic. We're really hardwired to be engaged. So your people are naturally capable of being able to become engaged. You just have to find ways to, to engage them. Yeah. And I'll, I'll maybe even do a little self-help first to engage yourself or revitalize yourself to then ask the question. I mean, that takes a lot of humility at the same time too. I mean, we've talked to several business owners that are like, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm done or I have, I don't know how I, I don't know how I hired 100% incompetent people as my, I don't understand how that even happened, but I did, you know, and they're just stuck in that whole mindset. And if you are, chances are your people are too. Bethany? To expound on that a little bit, I think you're right. People are, people do want to be engaged. That's what they want. Everybody wants to do good at their job. I don't, I don't think I've met a single person who, when it really came down to it, just said, I just don't want to be engaged anywhere and I don't want to succeed anywhere. And I just hate everything and all of that. I think sometimes we get to the point where we're, we can be disengaged or toxic, but I think I've talked to managers before where they just were ready to be done with a person that's on their team. And I, you know, we just have had to kind of break that down a little bit and say, like, do you really think like the worst about this person and really think that they want to be toxic? I think that they really want to succeed. So how can we try to help them succeed if that's a possibility? Sometimes it's not a possibility. Sometimes we're too far down that road. But I think that most often, if you assume that people want to be engaged, there's an opportunity there to talk them through it and help get on the right page with everybody. Yeah, we have to be willing to be able to put ourselves out there and ask the question. But again, it's not all up to you. Uh, you know, they have an accountability also from their side uh, to want to, to, to be willing to create change too. That's a really great point too, Matt, in terms of the employees, because there are employees who are out there. And some of you are probably thinking about this, who are just coming in pre, pre-disengaged or pre-toxic. First of all, I'd wonder how they got through your interview process to get on board with you if they were already there. But it's a really small percentage of people who've just been so burnt out in so many jobs and been burned by so many bosses that they can't get engaged. Like it's really is a small percentage of people. Most people that we see can work through that. We just talked to a manager who said they've got two toxic employees. And so we were coaching them on how to get them from toxic to engaged. And they just had a conversation with both of them. And they said, you're toxic right now. I need you to be engaged. So I need you to make a choice, either become engaged or leave. You can't be on my team anymore. That's the choice. And if you decide to be engaged, I'm going to support you, listen to you. You can vent to me, whatever it is, but you're going to show up differently with a team. If you're going to stay toxic, I need you to go find someplace where you're going to be happier. And you tell me what you want to do. And both employees came back and said, I want to be engaged. And they both have improved significantly over time. And this manager said that one of them, she's like, there's no way that person's going to improve. Like she was saying, I'll definitely have the conversation over here, but I'm not going to have it over here because it's kind of a waste of my time. 
And she had it anyway. And I'm glad she did because she found out that person could improve just by stating really clearly, hey, we need to be engaged and I want to empower you. I want to put you in a position where you can be empowered so you can discover your own potential. If you can't discover your own potential here and we can't be aligned, then let's send you someplace else. Something that you just said was really good about kind of reflecting to people. Sometimes I think people get lost in it and they're just going, they get lost in their own disengagement sometimes and their toxicity and they, and they might not even really realize that that happened. And so sometimes just by simply reflecting to them and letting them know, Hey, I don't know if you picked up on this, but you're being kind of toxic or like you seem to be disengaged. And sometimes that's enough to just snap people back into it and be like, oh my goodness, you're right. I had no idea that I just got lost in it. And I wasn't, I didn't even realize the impact that I was having on my own team and how that was affecting my work and all of that. And so I think sometimes that might be all you need to do to, to get him you know, back in. You very seldom see anybody say, you know, hey, what do you do, Carl? Well, I'm slowly destroying a team from the inside. Doing it very artistically. I'm doing it through like subtle at subtle uh, expressions on my face during meetings. I hold after meetings a lot to try to rally the troops against management. You know, I'm really working hard to destroy the company from the inside. You know, statistically, that's about one out of five people almost or one out of six people are fall into that category where they're doing that. But most of those people don't realize that. They don't think of it like that. They think they're doing it because they're right, because the company's doing something wrong or management's done something wrong or there's been some injustice that's occurred. It's the anti-engaged. Diana, I'm going to pull you in here too, because if we're sitting there and we're coaching those people, how often is it? Well, yeah, but if they would, I'm only reacting because they are you know, like that. And so what's the tough truth that we like to tell people whenever we get stuck in that they are, we're putting our happiness on somebody else's shoulders. Yeah, I love that you called on me for this because I was just telling the team how often I feel like my job is just saying, that's not a them problem, that's a you problem. You can only change you. You can't change your manager. You can't change your coworker. You can only change how you interact and react to those people around you. And so, yeah, I, I truly believe that a lot of times when people are blaming other people, they, yeah. You can't do that. You got to reflect on yourself and know, know that you can only change you. And so you have to figure out a way to work with them or change how you work with them or, or change what you're doing so that it's no longer the same situation. And before we get entirely on our soapbox and go down a completely different path, we should probably wrap this one up to stay true, stay true to our title here of engage and an impact of engagement there, uh, because we have lots more to say on this, but, but we might go start going down different paths as well, too, uh, for personal accountability and yada, yada, yada. Stay tuned for more. But let's go around the table like we do around the horn here and give us one quick tip on engagement. And I'll, we can maybe put some parameters around it, too. So a quick tip, maybe as an employee, what can I do? to be able to allow myself to become more engaged, or maybe from a manager's perspective, what can I do to create more engagement uh, with my team, with my peers? Diana, start us off. So if you are an employee and you don't know what the bigger picture is, or you don't know why you're doing something, go ask. And I think just having that answer will help you become more engaged so you know what you're working towards. Great. Don? It's really important for employees to decide what type of employee do you want to be? You should make a conscious decision. Do you want to be the engaged employee? Do you want to be the person that comes in and leads people the right direction internally? Or do you want to be the type that pushes back against everything and rebels against everything? I think that's a conscious decision. 
And then I think for the manager, you have to recognize that while you're smart, capable, and you were promoted into this position, that you're not so freaking special that other people can't have the answers to problems and can't be able to contribute their own thoughts and insights to something. You know, people struggle. We, we talked about this delegating idea. Uh, we get stuck in our own heads because we. You, I think a lot of times it's ego. I'm so good at this job that no one else can do it as well as I can. I've got news for you. That's the mindset that leads to disengagement. So get get out of that mindset that you're not that special. That's that's my message. You're not special, and make your employees feel pain. Those are the two takeaways. Well, that's great. Fiery today. Yeah, thanks you for joining. Like us, Diana. Yeah. Don's also <laughs> available for uh, keynotes. If you'd like to <laughs> I'm a demotivational speaker. <laughs> I'm here for it. Is that a thing? I would be good at that. I would be good at that. <laughs> yeah, you're special and you're we're gonna, special. We're going to have you walk through fire pits, nope. but then these walls pop up around it. And you're like, I can't get out. I can't get out. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, Bethany, <laughs> what do you have? Mine is to not wait for someone else to empower you. We talk about empowerment a lot. And so I would say, um, if you see opportunities, if you, you might be really engaged before you get yourself into that disengaged category, don't just sit around waiting for somebody to say like, yeah, go for it. Just do it. I think you take steps towards that thing that you think, think can be better and make it happen or have the conversation with your manager, manager, your manager (laughs) or whatever. Um, and, and just don't wait, just don't wait around for someone else to empower you. Yeah. Better to ask uh, forgiveness than permission. I like it. Good job, Bethany. By the way, Diana, I can explain that charge in my credit card later. (laughs) Just kidding. You're fired. (laughs) All right. So uh, here's my tip. And I'm going to use one buzzword to to define another buzzword, but I'm going to say open communication. I think open, proactive, intentional communication spots from manager to an employee ongoing can help eliminate some of this disengagement. How can they feel super disengaged if I'm proactively, intentionally setting aside time to talk about them, their goals, their obstacles? What can I do to help you? What can I do to support you? Like that ongoing communication, I think is super important to be able to help create engaged employees, ergo an an engaged team. So anyway, those are our tips on talking about engagement. Hopefully this was beneficial for you. If you would like to give us a topic uh, to talk about, we would love to be able to, instead of just brainstorming our own little topics that we come up with, we have lots of them, but man, we would love to be able to hear from you all and talk about the things that are pressing in on your minds. And I think, I mean, we were giving Don a hard time earlier about being you know, I don't know, abrupt, difficult, that's probably a wrong word, uh, maybe aggressive, you know, those words that you were saying. But that's also part of the reason why people value our feedback. Like we will be transparently candid with you. So if you have a tough topic you want to talk about, bring that to us too. It doesn't always have to be, how do I engage more, right? Maybe it's maybe it's a little tougher than that. Uh, bring those topics to us too. We'd love to talk about your stupid topics. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we will be candidly professional your- talking about your, your, your topics. Yeah. And your whiny problems. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. I think, you know, any, we welcome any and all topics. We would be happy to be able to engage on those. And I'm sure, I mean, throw it out there. I'm sure we have thoughts. So anyway, thanks for joining us. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening today. 
The More Than Work podcast is produced by People Centric Consulting Group, a consulting firm that believes people should be put at the center of every organization. If you have a topic you want our team of experts to address, feel free to contact us at More Than Work Podcast at PeopleCCG.com. You can also learn more about us by visiting our website at www.peoplecentric.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We will be back next week to give you practical advice that you can use to improve your work. In the meantime, lead well.